Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Ask the Reporter, the show where I, Hilda Flores, ask reporters of the Signal newspaper questions about articles that they wrote. So today we're going to talk about sexy Halloween costumes. Then we're going to move on to new initiatives, or the new initiatives, for the California State University system. And then we're going to talk a little bit about College Radio Day, so stay tuned. Okay, so I'm here again with Clara Zapian. Hi, I'm back. (laughs) <laughs> who had an opinion piece this week on uh, the Signal, or CSUSignal.com. Um, tell me about your article. So this was an opinion piece I wrote on sexy Halloween costumes. And I pretty much just talk about how it's stupid, to be honest, but also why it's unfair. Um, something that I didn't put in the piece that I wish I would have put was the fact that, um, for instance, I brought up the fact that I was looking for a Snow White costume. And I had to type in full-length Snow White costume to find it because when you just type in Snow White costume, it, co- it comes up with, like, lingerie-looking Snow White costume, shorter ones. And male costumes actually represent what they're trying to dress as. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, If yeah. you're Jack Sparrow, you're going to be fully clothed to look like Jack Sparrow. But if a female was to get a costume, it would be, like, a slutty quote. I'm doing air quotes like you're going to be able to see, <laughs> but this is a podcast, so you can't see. But they just get like the slutty, sexy, appealing to the eyes version, which I think is unfair. Something that I focus on in my piece is when little girls are growing up, they get cute costumes like strawberry shortcake or even a ladybug. And then you expect them to grow up and get into these costumes that kind of just show off women's bodies and I talked about for instance I've always been um like my body was (laughs) advanced and my age wasn't so I feel like girls that are in that position where their body is more developed but they're not that age are going to be forced to wear those because there's going to be nothing else that fits them if that makes sense I mean not forced but then it's either that or I went Canadian it's either that (laughs) it's either that or they have to do their own costumes come up with their own ideas which is just what I've ended up doing because I just get tired of the whole all costumes have to show your body it can't Mm -hmm. be an actual representation and then another thing I touched upon in the article was that plus size costumes even though they're sexy, still cover up more <laughs> than the regular, air quotes again, that you can't see, sized costumes. So that's what my piece was about. And then, like, at what age? So you mentioned about how there's little girls in cute costumes, mm-hmm. and then, like, the adult is, like, the sexy Halloween costumes. Yeah. Like, when does that, like, when does it change? Like, when did you notice? Because all of a sudden, you know, it's like, bam, like, it's from one. No, I feel, honestly, end. I feel like 15-year-olds start wearing the sexy costumes because that's what happened to me (laughs) i remember i got the sailor costume because i really wanted to be a sailor and of course it was like the short revealing costume so yeah i would say 15 but i mean i also briefly and by briefly i mean like a sentence i mentioned the fact that um Younger girls are drawn to more of adult things nowadays. So I talked about like they wear push-up bras now and they wear makeup. So I feel like even more so they're going to be more drawn to the sexy costumes than the ones that are meant for their age. 
And what were some of the most uh, ridiculous costumes <laughs> that you came upon? So the reason I came up with this podcast was because I, with this podcast, now I'm taking credit for this, with this <laughs> article was because I was driving home and then I heard, oh, um, like there's going to be this Halloween party like at a dance, a dance studio. I sound so old at like a club. And they were like, sexiest costume wins a prize. And then I went and I was like researching sexy costumes. And there's this website. If you want to have fun, just look at their sexy costumes. It's called theandy.com and they have a donna t rump shaker what's, costume what's which that? is a donald trump sexy oh. costume and it's literally just shorts and a hat and like a little blazer looking crop top and it's 71.95 it sounds like i'm promoting them but i'm just if it's not covering your full body and it's that expensive i just think that's kind of ridiculous it's like a few pieces of yeah for yeah like just make your own if you want a sexy costume make your own go get cloth and like knit it knit it <laughs> sew it together and then another one was the sexy undecided voter which is like the ken bone costume and it has a humongous mustache and again like little shorts and a crop top and that one's guess how much it is guess 80 95 dollars oh <laughs> yeah so if you want to wear little shorts and a shirt that's a crop top with a fake mustache it's a hundred dollars <laughs> Okay, and then why should people read your article? Why should people be interested in this subject? I feel like they should read it because to a certain point, where is the line going to be drawn on where the sexiness ends and where it goes and who's going to get their bodies inside of those sexy (laughs) costumes? Because I feel like once girls hit a certain age, they're no longer like cute innocent little beings like boys are at that age they grow up and then they're like oh they're a sex object now or you know I feel like that's how society kind of works I mean I don't know if you dabble in this but I dabble in this okay I've seen a lot of um documentaries and stuff and they get these models that are going to be wearing like provocative clothing and they're like they start them at 16 and i know some companies have actually gotten in trouble for having like underage models modeling their like provocative clothes so i feel like society is making sexy more normal and that's kind of scary so that's why i think they should read it all right well cool that sounds like a really <laughs> cool article i'm definitely gonna look into oh, that thank you Thanks you should coming again no you're welcome <laughs> catch me here all the time i know this is probably not gonna be the last time yeah we, we hear you all your stories are super interesting oh thank you <laughs> Now, I talked to Oscar Koblen and Olivia Soto of The Signal and their article about the new initiatives for the CSU system. So, I'm here with Olivia and Oscar. Hi, guys. Hi. Sup. So, do you guys want to tell me the article that you guys wrote for this week? Yeah. So, it, we titled it CSU Initiatives for the next school year, 2017-2018. We um, joined in on a tel- on a web tri- I can't talk. It was a web broadcast um, conference that was hosted by the CSU system. It was targeted for towards newspapers, college newspapers. So to be part of the webcast, you needed to be a college newspaper or a journalist. Yeah. So we felt like we, of course, like had to listen in because anything they had to say must have had been important. And it was because what they had told us was basically they have some options they're going over because they didn't get the money that they were hoping to get. 
So in order to compensate for that, they are thinking of raising the tuition, which sounds like a most likely thing that will happen. Yeah, they gave us three different options that they're thinking of to raise the money that they're lacking at the moment. One of the options was cutting programs at different CSU campuses, which is already a bad thing. And then another option, which is, uh, I feel like the one that's going to affect students the most, is the possible tuition increase. And the guy made it seem like it was the one that was most likely going to happen. And that could be a problem for many people. Do you know how much of the increase it is? How much more? Like, how much is it now, and then how much more will it be? They didn't say that. They just said it was an idea. But um, they did say that they were missing, like, 60% of what they requested to get. Or what was that? No, they only got 60% of what they requested. They only got 60% <laughs> <laughs> they only of got what they got. 60% of what they requested. So they, they were trying to find ways to reach the whole amount. And that was they were having issues trying to figure out what they needed to cut and how they were going to get the money, which is where the proposed tuition increase came. But the Board of Trustees still has to vote on it. When does the voting happen? I believe the Board of Trustees is going to vote on January. And it wouldn't take effect until the school year of 2017-2018. Okay. Oh, and then <laughs> they had <laughs> a graduation initiative for 2025 that they want to get. And they focus on just raising the graduation rates for freshmen and transfers. So I think they said for like freshmen to graduate in four years, they want to raise it by 40%. And then I think for transfers... Um, 60% for like two years and something like that. Yeah, they're trying to get um, more students out quickly. Because I feel like the CSU systems always focus on the student's success. And they feel like if students are staying in college too long, they're not reaching their full potential. And the thing that the guy emphasized was how many students go into a university thinking that they're going to be done in four years. And throughout their, their years at university, that dream becomes like not a reality. So they want to go back to the roots of how people graduate in four years to and help those students reach their dreams. So that's like where President Jun's thing, the finish in four thing is coming from as well? Yeah, the CSU is pushing for all of the campuses to make their own version of the finish in four. So at Stan State, it became President Jun's finish in four. All right, and what's the biggest takeaway that you think uh, students can get from reading your story and from learning all about this new initiative? Um, well, they did mention the CSSA, which does allow students to get involved with their own school and get involved with the whole CSU and kind of be like a voice for the students that they represent. And so they will kind of feel involved in making these kind of decisions in the future. So if any students like want to get involved for potential other like votes that are as drastic as this might be, then like that would be a good way for them to get involved and make changes that will matter. Um, I feel like our story students can take away knowledge from what's going on within the CSU because I feel like a lot of students are not aware of like initiatives and things happening in the CSU system. They just find out when it's already a reality, but they still have time to stop it. I know that CSSA is pushing for students' voices and lobbying 
to get politicians to raise the money needed to meet the requested amount. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming. No thanks problem. for having us. It was fun. And finally, I have Mariah Esparza, and she's going to talk to me a little bit about College Radio Day. Hey guys, uh, I'm here to talk about College Radio Day 2016. Uh, I'm a music director at KCSS, and so College Radio Day is important. And KCSS is your on-campus radio station, 91.9. You should definitely listen to it. Always got to plug that. But uh, College Radio Day, this is going to be the sixth annual College Radio Day. It's going to be on Friday, November 4th. And basically, the whole purpose of College Radio Day is to bring awareness that there is college radio, and some high schools have their own radio stations, and it's just an important thing to bring awareness to it because college radio is awesome. And then what are you going to be doing for College Radio Day? Is there anything special going on? Um, throughout the day, hundreds of college radio stations are like getting together, and they're talking about College Radio Day on their radio stations, and they're going to be... Um, we're going to be playing music outside of our radio station, uh, letting uh, students and faculty know that they have a college radio station because, believe it or not, many times they don't know about us. And it's really sad. It is a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're here. I promise. We're here and we're awesome. We have volunteers and there's a class you can take. It's Journalism 3012, I believe. I think it's 3112. 3112. Both of the classes are awesome because one of them is writing for the signal. But um, so one of those journalism classes you can take and uh, become a broadcaster. And it's super fun. All right. Well, thanks. You're welcome. I'm not home now, but I will. When I knock upon your door all right, so that ends this episode of Ask the Reporter. Special thanks to Oscar, Olivia, Mariah, and Clara for coming in. Thanks for giving me all your stories. It's been tons of fun. Also, special thanks to Pacific Lung, Morning Mountains, and the Good Luck Thrift Store Outfit because I use their songs in between some of my interviews. They are a part of the compilation album, the KCSS compilation album, that you can find on kcss.net. And also all the stories you can find on csusignal.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>